Welcome back, listeners, to another deep and meaningful, exciting adventure in the world of If I Only Knew. I'm joined by co-host extraordinaire Matt. Matt, how are you? G'day, Fred. It's great to have you on once again today. I'm glad I'm not monologuing, as I have a little bit a while ago. Yes, well, we do have two mixed modes of episodes. The ones that people listen to, which is Matt by himself, <laughs> and these ones where we're both together. Today, Matt, I wanted to talk to you about, I wanted to talk to you about a concept that's not new, but I believe has a modern spin, and I'm going to blame your generation for the modern spin, in fact. Perfect. Yeah, don't take it personally, but <laughs> there is this fantastic concept that I, I hope you've heard of that comes from the delightful uh, German philosophy, and it's called schadenfreude. Mm. Have you mm. heard of that, Matt? I have, I have. It's actually, I think, pretty common language amongst my generation, I would say. Maybe like, not everyone uses it, but I'd say most people are familiar with it in some way or another. Now, I want to say I'm not a German speaker, so if I've mispronounced the word, <laughs> I apologise in advance. We all, all complaints to be directed to Matt via our DMs. But one of the things about this concept of schadenfreude was this idea that you take pleasure in the discomfort of others. And that's quite a perverse concept. I mm. think it speaks to a certain part of human nature. And Matt, I've got to say, I put my hand up at, like this was a support group and say, I do find from time to time a great deal of pleasure in the discomfort of others. Mm. I don't know why or what's wrong with me, but one of the reasons I flagged this concept today is because the internet has made schadenfreude an industry, mm. you know, mm. a, a palatable commodity, context and content for all to consume. And I must say, Matt, I was recently um, flicking through videos of edgy teenagers uh, hurting themselves profusely on skateboards and handrails to Karens being arrested when they'd called police on some poor unsuspecting minority to yeah, yeah. road raid incidents where the Rage E was the one whose car flipped or <laughs> uh, a particular one recently that I found absolutely so gratifying was a road rage incident in Melbourne where a guy got out of a car and started to charge on another car that obviously had a dash cam on. And then you see him pivot and bolt back to his car just as the dash cam picks up the two police that are chasing after him on foot and take him down right just as he gets his hand on the door. And I thought, there you go. Now, I noticed you giggling a little That's bit. That's good timing, that one. Yeah, I like that. Oh, it was... It was it was just such a vindicating moment for mm. civilised society, you mm. know, that you can't get out of your car and uh, slam someone's window and think you're a tough guy without looking up just to see if the car behind them might be a police <laughs> yeah, car, Matt. Yeah, yeah. But, Matt, tell me about it. Are we becoming more perverse as a society? I love the idea that is this a, is this a more perverse society? That's a good framing on it. Because I think, like, there's maybe an important distinction I'd start with between, like, sadism and schadenfreude, right? Like, this isn't, like, I want, like, people to be in pain and I want to... Particularly, it's not that I want to inflict that pain, right? Um, but also, there's something a little bit different. It's maybe about, like, misfortune or just watching kind of bad things that happen to people. And there's an important theme there, Fred, between all the examples you gave, where it feels like the person for whom that misfortune falls on is being an asshole, 
right? It's 100%. they've kind of earned this misfortune and it's that vindication, as you say, that, that comes out when something bad happens back to them. And it's a vindication for civilised society. You say, like, we're like, oh, that person, they're disrupting the order, they're, they're doing the wrong thing, they're being awful, they're throwing their weight around. And they get their just desserts, right? So I think that's really important. It's why I kind of um, lean towards this not being especially perverse in the modern day. Because I think there's this important element of it being um, uh, seemingly earned, right? Now, obviously, there's an argument. Is it really, can you really earn awful things happening to you? All of that. But I reckon the content that most people want to consume on the internet here is actually quite earned. It's quite it's stuff that people actually deserve happening to them. And I reckon that's a big part of the attraction of Schadenfreude is that it feels like it's um, like cosmic karma. It's karmic justice. It's oh, that yeah. in my life, I want the people who are behaving like that to get their just desserts. Um, and I get to watch that happen to someone who's being an asshole online. So that's really attractive, right? That's really appealing. Um, and so I don't lean toward it being so sadistic and perverse. Um, there absolutely is that category of video online, right? And there's plenty of people that, um, make far too much content around people genuinely just getting awfully hurt, you know, workplace accidents. Yeah. There was a, a bit of a classic for young people that um, you may or may not be familiar with, Fred, is a, a website or a video site called LiveLeak that um, was a, a quite culturally relevant um People would meme on it. You'd make like parody videos with a live leak tag in the bottom right or something because it's renowned for basically being a site that allowed video posts without filter. And people would just put workplace accidents where people lost limbs and people died. And you could watch that happening in real time. Truly awful stuff, like the worst of the internet. It's been shut down as I understand it now. But, you know, there's always places for this content. Mm. To me, that's the real sadism perverse stuff. It exists. The internet amplifies it. That's bad. The stuff that we're talking about, Schadenfreude, which I think is content that much more average people consume, that's like kind of quite common, quite regular, quite often out there, is very different brand of satisfaction that you draw from. Um, it's this, they, they deserve it, something, they've done something bad. It's really satisfying to see the return on that. Um, so I don't lean towards the perversion so much. I actually think, mm. I actually think it's like the, the, one of the pinnacles of the attention economy, right? Like not much gets you sitting down and watching like a three minute video, right? And there's often slightly longer form because you often got to get the argument in there. You've got to set the context. And so I think it's one of the, the few contexts that actually gets you, if you're scrolling through TikTok, to watch the longer video, which, you know, three minutes doesn't sound that long, but when most of your videos are 10 seconds or 15 seconds, it actually um, gets your attention sunk in. And I think that's a big reason why we see lots of it coming on board. But Matt, what, what sense do you make of the hilarity that ensures when... <laughs> A friend jumps a fence, gets stuck, and somebody else wedges them. That's or true. Two drunk people are attempting leapfrog and like face plant into the grass, or anything to do with alcohol and electric scooters. What 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 sense do you make of? That's what true. Is- That's true. It's true. It feels a little more harmless to me, at least. Still. Like, right. So Correct. I think, I think I personally, at least, and I'm probably not the, the average here. Um, I, I have a deep feeling of cringe for a lot of stuff that I watch online. So I struggle to watch most videos that elicit any cringe. So those like Karen's, uh, like harassing minorities. Yeah. I can't watch them. It just makes me cringe so hard because I'm like, you awful, awful person. You're like ruining this guy's day. Like, oh, this is so shitty and the satisfaction that comes at the end when they get that 
police arresting them instead of arresting the minority yeah. or whatever um, yeah. doesn't satiate my cringe. It doesn't, it doesn't like address that. So I can't watch most of them because I have this high, a low tolerance for cringe, if you like. But I reckon it's important to me that the drunk people leapfrogging don't stand up with a broken bloody nose right like they kind of just kind of stand up and they laugh it off afterwards sort of thing i think there's a level in which these video creators give us permission to laugh at them um because they kind of step away from it afterwards or there's a sense in which they're okay in the end um and because of that it's just funny slapstick humor sort of thing and for me that's the line that's drawn between like i'm allowed to participate in the enjoyment of their suffering because they've kind of given me permission to do so now it's obviously very blurry online right we've got no idea who's posting these we've got no idea who these people are anything like that so maybe there's like a false sense of permission there that's an interesting thought but for me i need that sense of like it's okay to laugh at this misfortune or this suffering in some sense because they've let me uh laugh at that suffering or misfortune there's a great moment i had recently reading a thread on i think it was uh derived from reddit it was genuinely entertaining and very much in this concept of schadenfreude where people were asked to post um quite dramatic moments in their life that they found absolutely hilarious. Right. And it was the, they found it hilarious that leads into what you're talking about, which is the idea of being given permission to participate and laugh. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the greatest ones, there was about 30 of them about these stoic fathers sitting down and having quite life altering conversations with their kids in a very matter-of-fact way. You know, for example, I was driving with my dad and he said words to the effect of, you're old enough now to understand a few things about a few things. Um, (laughs) By way of that, you probably have two half-brothers in (gasps) the other side of the world. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Don't make a big deal about it. And, yes, your mum knows. Um, one that I thought was favorite, fantastic was my father was so dry that once he called me over to his house and I thought him and mum were going to tell me that they were selling up and moving into a retirement village when instead he said, by the way, you have a half brother and he'll be here in half an hour. Oh my God. (laughs) So really cringy kind of painful moments that these people are retelling and going, it's just the funniest thing in the world. It all worked out really well. I ended up meeting siblings mm. I didn't know I had. Mm. And, you know, one person talking about the idea that um, uh, you've seen these kind of videos before where the, the the bride or the groom will cheat with somebody the night or two before the wedding and then the video gets shown in the ceremony oh, and they yeah. talk about their triumph. Yeah, yeah. There's an interesting line though, Matt. I think there's something that you have really hit on in that, I don't know if the line varies for people, but there is certainly a point for each of us where it comes, it it becomes less about laughing at a consequence Mm -hmm. and crossing a line into something that's actually quite disturbing. So I can't watch any videos to do with car accidents, for example. Yeah, yeah, neither. Um, I don't find it interesting. I don't find it entertaining. I don't find it funny. I don't find it. And I don't like things to do with violence. I don't like the, there's a, there's a range of videos on the internet 
where someone might be bullied and they the big kid finds out, uh, unfortunately, that the little kid's a bit of a martial artist when they could get put in a sleeper hold by someone a third of their size. Right, yeah. And and I'm sure there's a lot of sharp Freud around that context, but for me, he crosses a line. I, I must admit that... Um, the, the idea of drunk people doing silly things and, and you know, it all ends laughing may be something that we all relate to, you know, and, mm. and I would hate to think anybody's seriously hurt and typically the videos demonstrate that no one was. Yeah, yeah. I, unlike you, love to see the Karens arrested. <laughs> um, typically when they seriously go off the deep end and yeah. have no right to you know yeah. you're parking in my spot or do you really live here or yeah classic part of that is probably my my value set that says you know live and let live and mind your own business mm -hmm. um and it's also there's and i know for me part of mine i will call it a perversion i'm not scared to say it is <laughs> when people are particularly righteous but wrong mm. and won't listen to reason mm. seeing a pair of handcuffs slapped on that person is quite satisfying yeah 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 you know? it's the underdog wins by just having more dignity than the person in power mm. but i think one of the things i've discovered about this matt is that the second that you participate the algorithms will send you more and more intense content. Yeah, right. And I know I'd love I would love to know how and when people draw the line. Mm. Or does the content desensitize us to the plight of the fellow man to the extent where you could end up watching almost anything and finding it? That's a really interesting worthy. thought. Yeah. Is is the because um, I'm convinced there is a, a different tolerance for every person, right? And you can, I can say that as simply when I watch TikToks with my girlfriend, uh, she's much more comfortable with cringe than I am. And like, I, I know I have some of the lowest tolerance for cringe of like anyone I know. And it's kind of embarrassing yeah. and like to the point where like I can't watch like normal TV shows, right? And that's like bad. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, like I, I appreciate that this is like a little bit, um, neurotic or unusual, right? Um, so I know that I'm so well down at the bottom. Five minutes watching people pushed into their own birth. No, I'm really, I'm really not. Mind you, that doesn't sound too bad, but it, it is the, it is the people making an absolute fool of themselves when they just should know better. Makes yeah. me go, are oh, you, oh, you are doing this to yourself. Oh my God. What on earth? Yeah. I struggle with that. Um, so I know there are different tolerances. An interesting thought that maybe we can change our tolerance based on what we're, um, exposed to. Cause I think, so the algorithm is absolutely keyed into the fact that this is a powerful attention grabber. And I started with that before. Right, it gets you sin for the longer videos. There's no doubt that it knows this is a powerful tool. And so, because of the way it functions to give you things that other people like you have also interacted with for long periods of time, it's going to give you more of them. Makes great sense. Um, but if it's clever enough, and I'm not sure, to um, build you up slowly, maybe there is a good chance that it takes you pretty far with that. Because um, I'm not sure if you. Um, if you do end up getting the same buzz from watching the 15th Karen getting arrested as you do from watching the third yeah. one, Fred. Um, and I wonder if that's, um, that's exactly what you're talking about. And it does generate a bit of a pipeline. Um, I don't know too much about it, like on the technical specifications, but I can definitely imagine a plausible situation where that has a consequence for people's um, uh, ability to continue to draw uh, a few cheeky laughs from the video that they would have laughed at a few times ago. Absolutely. 
And I think the laughing, my, my fear is when the laughing stops, but you're still consuming it, mm. that exposure has worked as a form of programming. And, and I'm going to ask a question. When you're perusing socials now, and I believe Instagram does it, they all might, and the video is blurred and it has the this is sensitive content. Yeah, yeah. Click here to view the video. Yeah. How often do you click rather than skip? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I typically click. I think it does almost always make me pause for a second. I'll often read a description first. Um, mm. I have found actually that I've lost great faith in these systems that there's actually going to be something serious behind them because they often end up blurring things that I don't think are all that significant at all. And, you know, that's because they're fallible algorithms and all of that, and that makes sense. But the consequence of them not being um, tailored accurately is that they actually lose their punch because I think there might Mm. actually be quite a good meme behind that blurred image or whatever um, because it can't tell the difference between ironic humour or, like... um, uh, sarcastically making fun of an awful thing and an awful yep. thing itself, right? Like, and that's obviously a lot to ask of an algorithm, but because of it losing its teeth there, I actually am quite comfortable going ahead and just clicking through it and seeing what's behind it. I don't think I've been burnt by that yet, which is interesting. My like Instagram algorithm, for example, is pretty tame. I don't spend tons of time on it. Not that interested in, in um, curating it too far, right? Um, but... Yeah, I would I would ignore them most of the time with a slight pause, I would say. See, so the cynic in me says that it becomes a device to ensure that you do click. Ah, oh, that's a good thought. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna I wanna share a little story from my youth. Um, my mother retells she's in the next room and she hears a, a movie come on and it says back in the day they used to have disclaimers and they would read out the disclaimer. It says the following movie contains uh, slapstick humour, violence, sexual things, sexual <laughs> references. Right. And she hears a nine-year-old me go, woohoo! <laughs> the television. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I think it's the, I think the caution tape mm. makes us want to peek underneath just to see if we can take. That's a really good thought. there. Yeah. And particularly around this idea of the schadenfreude, it's the idea that we're all voyeurs to a certain extent if the payoff is some social justice. Mm, mm, mm. So we'll leave our listeners with that to think about and contemplate. It's an easy one. What does it say about you based on what you watch? What you yeah, watch? Yeah, yeah. And I want to point out to some listeners, one in particular, that um, it's constantly telling me that I shouldn't be watching videos about how people make swords or bows and arrows out of scrap metal, that <laughs> it's okay, you know. If the apocalypse comes, I will arm us for the post-apocalyptic <laughs> medieval dark ages that we're in, and uh, you'll be safe not to worry, and, and I won't I won't even say I told you so. But if you do um, have a tendency to drop your hot dog, uh, lose your hamburger bun to a kookaburra, uh, fall over uh, on an e-scooter and, you know, whack yourself in the uh, the sensitive areas and you <laughs> find that funny and post it, good luck to you, mm, you know. Mm. Some of us out there are enjoying it. If you're a Karen and someone picks up a phone, stop talking and walk away would be <laughs> yeah, my best advice. Yeah, if you're being recorded. 
And tune in next week, listeners, to If I Only Knew. Thank you for this week, Matt. Thanks very much, Fred. Cheers. Thank you for listening. This podcast is a Better Pod Group production, with special thanks to our researcher, Nicola Binks, executive producer, Matt Blanche, the providers of our theme song with credits that are in our bio, and, of course, you, the listener. It's important to remember that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Whilst there are therapeutic themes discussed, in no way is this podcast considered treatment, and in the event you're in a psychological emergency, please reach out in whatever way you can through 000 or Lifeline 13 11 14. It's important to remember that the discussion is for entertainment purposes, and the opinions voiced by podcast hosts are theirs and theirs alone. Any reference to copyright or copywritten material is, of course, the copyright of the copyright owner and or relevant corporate entities. Thank you for listening to Bed Pod Group Productions and tune in to some of our other excellent pod productions on this network.